Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. John begins his gospel with saying this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We look into the face of our Savior Jesus, the light and darkness will never overcome it. What a great promise. Thanks for being here today. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, Acts 6. Acts 6, we'll look at verses 8 through 15. I have a dilemma, and here's my dilemma. So this section of the book of Acts is going to talk about Stephen, and some of you already know about Stephen. Others, you're going to be more aware of who Stephen is and what uh, what Dr. Luke records for us. Um, but my dilemma is this. I have... Um, Six, chapter 6, verse 8, and I can go all the way through chapter 7 today um, if you're okay with having about an hour and a half sermon. My, my wife is not okay with that, um, nor is one of my good pastor friends, Pastor Kevin, down at Goss Memorial, um, and uh, praying for Pastor Kevin and, and the, the flock there at Goss. Today's their first day that they've opened up. And, uh, but Kevin has listened, been listening to some of my sermons. Uh, whenever he needs a good nap, he tunes it in and can't sleep at night. He turns, turns it on. But uh, he said, hey, do, break it up. Don't, don't make it all one long sermon. So, um, so I'm here to tell you and to relieve any fears that you may have, we're not going to go too long. And I think it naturally um, is a little spit, split here um, of where we're at in Acts chapter 6. Um, we get to see this, um, this account of Stephen. And as we read and study through that this morning, I think there's some great application. Before we even get into chapter 7, um, we're going to look at verse 1 of chapter 7. But really, we're going to look at chapter 7 next week when we see um, what Stephen says because he's going to give he's going to give word of of this accusation. So this is part 1. Next week you get part 2, okay? It's accusations and the truth. That's the title of this week and next week as we look at part 1 and part 2. And so I'm excited to dig in with you into the word. Before we do that, I want to just mention a couple things. First, we're working on an online directory. And so it's been several years since we've had a directory. Those of you who are new, you're like, hey, do you have a directory so we can know who's who and what their names are and what their faces are? And we have found that even in the midst of all this, when all this started, this pandemic started, um, that we don't have set up um, a, a good enough database um, that if you remove Georgia or myself or a few of other people, all the information isn't there easily located. And so we're working on do, putting that together. And so uh, Aaron has put this together. And I think there's a slide um, that is available. You can do it now, I guess. You can do whatever you want. You got that, Alana? The, yeah, Aaron tested this this week. 
He said he stood back there at the sound and he used his phone and he clicked it and it worked. And uh, you don't have to do that. We're gonna send out an email this week to remind you, but we need your help. And so we want you to know that your information will be secure, as secure as it can be. Listen, if people break into the White House and the other electronic things, they can have our information. We're, we've put up our firewalls. We've done as much as what we could. All right, we're going to do our best to secure your information. Um, so we want you to know that. But that's, it's going to be helpful for us um, for, so that we don't miss birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. Today is uh, Dr. Uh, and Mrs. Noble's 40th anniversary. And so I want to wish them happy anniversary uh, to them. And uh, in a few weeks... Um, Thelma Bean, on the 24th, Thelma Bean, one of our shut-ins, um, is turning 100. And so let me encourage you, I really would like for us to mail her some cards. And so I want to challenge you to do that. So June 24th is her 100th birthday, and I think it would be really, really cool if she got 100 or so cards from us, her church family. Um, she's one of our one of our last charter members, we have two charter members left, and she's one of the two. And so let me encourage you, um, if you need her address, contact us in the office, and we'll get that to you. But June 24th, Thelma Bean will be turning 100. Awesome. Um, one other highlight, one other couple things, two things. Um, we, I continue to see lives being changed um, through this time. I know... There are a lot of different thoughts, lots of different opinions. We had to make a tough decision this week um, about VBS. I don't know if your parents ever told you this. I remember my mom telling me this once. Aaron, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. I didn't understand that at the time. I think I understand that more now than I ever have. Just because we could do VBS didn't mean that we should do VBS. I don't like it. I think I, if you watch the video, I even said that. I don't like it. I wanted to do VBS, but I knew by the end of the week, and those of our staff, you can talk to our staff, they'll tell you that I was very raw in the middle of this week. Okay, I was mad, I was angry, my family will tell you I was upset. Zach's like, oh yeah, let me tell you. Shh, quiet over there. It's tough. We are, listen, I'm just trying to be real and vulnerable. It is hard. It is really hard right now. And those of you who think it's that simple, it's not that simple. There's a lot of things to consider. And one of the things that really has, that God brought to my attention this week is how are we portraying Jesus to our community, to the people who aren't in here? How are they viewing Jesus? And are we putting walls up purposefully or not purposefully as we conduct ourselves? Some things, it shouldn't dictate what we do. Other things we need to think about and we have to pray about. And so um, if you're upset that we're not having VBS, count me in, okay? Count me in. I, in my conviction and my walk with Jesus, I couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. It was, it was a decision by our staff and, and our leadership here. We couldn't do it. 
And so we live with that. I'm at peace with that. Um, I do believe that there are great opportunities before us that we can take advantage of. While we may not have VBS as we know it, man, there are some awesome opportunities that I believe are right at our doorstep. And we want to explore those and we're gonna be in contact with you about those things. And, and I really think that this summer we're gonna have an opportunity to reach people in a whole new way with Jesus. At the same time, not jeopardizing in our community the testimony of Jesus. And so um, that's, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at. We're trying to reach people with Jesus. You know that. You know my heart. I hope you know my heart. You know I love you and care for you. I want nothing more than to return back to normal um, than the ways that we knew it. We'll get there. All right? Next few weeks, more information, it'll help us. The goal is for us to grow in our faith and our walk with Jesus. That's my goal for you. That's my prayer for you. So let's dig into the word. We have the word before us. Uh, one of my good pastor friends encouraged me this week, Aaron, just preach the word. Just preach it. Preach the word. And so that's what I want to do. Will you pray with me before we dig in? Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that you are sovereign and that you are control over all things. Lord, I know there are many different thoughts and opinions upon our world and where we're living and all that's going on. Lord, we can come to you knowing that you know and see and are all powerful over all things. You control it all. And you've allowed things to happen. You've allowed us to be at the place where we're at. You've allowed uh, the leaders who sit on their thrones on this earth right now, Lord, you can remove them. You can put into power who you want. You can elevate and you can decline those who you desire. And so, Lord, we come to you as the holy God, as, as humble servants desiring to be your children in, and that we would act and that we would live out our lives in such a way that would reflect your love, that would reflect your glory, that would reflect who you are, not what we want, who would desire more than anything to see people continue to come to know Jesus Christ and the hope that he brings. That's our desire, Lord, and we're thankful that you have created man and every single man, woman, and child upon this earth is created in your image and is special and unique to you and it should, they should be to us as well. And we're thankful that we can cherish one another and that we can attempt to look at people the way you see them. So help us to do that, Lord. Help us as we look at your word now that we may listen to your spirit that your spirit would speak to us and challenge us and mold us and help us to be the body of Christ. Help us to be the bride of Christ that you desire. Lord, help us to cast away our pride and our arrogance and our sin. Lord, we confess that we are sinners. We ask that you would forgive us. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us in this place and in this time that we may see Jesus, the real Jesus, so that the world may see the real Jesus in us. 
We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 6, verse 8, we come upon in the context of the seven being chosen um, to help serve the widows. I just want to say I love that. I miss that. I do. I miss it. It's sweet. Not that I want him to get hurt, but that sounded kind of bad. I miss that. It's awesome. Um, in the context of verse 8, before that, we see great things are happening. We see the neglect, the need of the widows being served. So seven are appointed to oversee the distribution of the bread, of the food. And so we kind of get a hint about Stephen in verse 5 when it says, and what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So then we jump down to verse 8 where it says, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. Uh, what we see is here's a man full of grace. Um, this term meaning God is, uh, is enabling and helping um, to lead as the Spirit has filled him. In power, it's a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit in Stephen's life that he exhibits this power. And it corresponds with faith, with what we just, what I just read in verse five. That power corresponds with the faith that Stephen has in God, and as the Holy Spirit moves through him. So we see here that he was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. Now that's a great phrase, um, but if you just read through this, you can easily miss it. And I don't know how many times I've read through this and I've missed it. What we see here is something awesome. People all the time um, ask, does prayer really work? Is it worth the time and energy and effort to pray? Well, let me tell you that this verse shows us answer to prayer. You say, well, how is that, Pastor? Well, when you look at it, Stephen was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. Well, what was the prayer? Well, you have to go back. And this isn't going to be on the screen, so you've got to get your Bibles out, and you've got to turn there with me. Flip back to Acts chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 29. In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, we saw the prayer. Here was the prayer of, of the apostles um, as they're praying for boldness and for strength. And as they're praying, we see in verse 29, now... And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Notice verse 30, chapter 4. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is what they prayed for. They were praying, God, we want you to show up and in, in that your name would be further proclaimed. Help us to continue to speak in boldness, they say. And in verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed. What did we just read in, in verse 8 of chapter, chapter 6? 
full, here's Stephen, full of grace and power, doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. What we see is an answer to prayer. That God was answering the apostles' prayer that great signs and wonders were being done. Don't miss it. Verse 9. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it is called, and of the Cyrenians, and of the Alexandrians, and of those of Cilicia, uh, or Cilcia, Cilcia. See, you all can say it. Why do you need me to say it? Man, from those from Cilcia and Asia, I messed it up again, rose up and disputed with, with uh, Stephen. What this is, is there's a group of people, Jewish people, who have uh, risen up, and it says, uh, it actually, Dr. Luke gives us some specifics. Now, the, the hard part is today, we don't know exactly who these people were and how they fit into um, the, the religious aspect of that time. This we do know, that they were part of the diaspora, which means they were part of those who had been scattered abroad, all right? From some of the terminology, it looks like some of those who may have been part of, of, uh, of been scattered to Italy, would be our current Italy, those who have been scattered um, in uh, Cyrene um, and other parts of the world. And they've come back to Jerusalem. And in coming back to Jerusalem, these Jews were worshiping at, at their synagogues and in their temples. And they, they are hearing what Stephen and the other apostles are doing. They're seeing these great acts and these great wonders and it says that some who belonged to these synagogues, all right, they rose up and they started disputing with Stephen. Here's a man, again, who is full of grace and full of power. And we're going to see some of that grace and power even in the end of this chapter. So as this disputes arise, verse 10, it says, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Stephen was full of the Spirit. And let me encourage us, as we walk through each day of our life, this, this could be a real prayer that we need to have. Lord, help me, help me to get out of the way so that your Spirit can work through me in fullness of power. And so Peter, or um, Dr. Luke is re recording for us that, that it's very clear to those who, these, these were not, just the common men. These synagogues were led by very intelligent, very, very knowledgeable, very schooled men of the law. And so when they rose a dispute and Stephen is able to overcome them, it isn't just this argument of back and forth. There's something different about Stephen and it's not all the knowledge. It's not all the wisdom. It's not all the training. The difference in Stephen's life is the Holy Spirit. When you look at our life, what is it going to be in you that people see? What do you want them to see? You want, to, you want them to see your schooling? You want them to see your background? You want them to see how well you have life? Or do you want them to see Jesus? It says they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So instead, they take action in another way. Instead of approaching him directly, they tried that shut him down. It didn't work. Verse 11. And then they secretly 
instigated men who said, quote, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. I don't think Dr. Luke wrote this um, by accidental, the order here. I think it was very purposeful in how Dr. Luke is recording what the Jewish leaders at the synagogues, their emphasis were. Notice the order. He says, blasphemous words against who? Who's first? Moses. Moses and God. So that's important and critical as we walk through the rest here because verse 12, as they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came to him, they seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. Hmm. A lot of this uh, account really kind of reflects back to Jesus and Jesus' account before the religious leaders. Um, just as they bring account, uh, a, a false account against Stephen here about, hey, this man said that he was going to tear down this temple in three days, rebuild it. Um, they said that to Jesus. That was the false accusation when Jesus was on trial. And so it reminds me, as we walk with Jesus, there are going to be some things that may be similar. It may be similarly said about us as we follow him. As we look here, we see that this is not a one-time in period where, where Stephen is giving uh, an account or defending. It says that he never ceases, meaning this is a long period of time that Stephen is defending Jesus Christ, that he is standing up and giving account of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And so for this long period of time, um, Stephen has given account, and now he's appearing before the council or the Sanhedrin, which is the highest court of the land at this time, Stephen's brought before them. And in order for them to um, be able to sway the court and to sway the authorities and the people around, they're going to, they, what they've done is they've brought lies. They've stirred up the crowd to bring lies um, before the court. And so doing that, um, They've talked about the holy place, all right? That's the temple. That's where they were to worship. That's where the presence of the holy God was to meet with the Jewish people. They talk about the law, Moses, again, a reference to verse 11. So you have the holy place, the temple, and you have the law. And so when you take these together, it's the presence of the holy God among the people uh, only achieved if Israel's sins were atoned for regularly and consistently. So sins were forgiven and access to this God was restored through sacrifices and other procedural rituals. Think about that for a moment. If you're a Jew, 
and you know the law and you've been studying the law and the law says this is how you have a relationship with God. And then this guy and these other men are now teaching something that goes against that. And says, no, you don't have to continue to do the rituals and the sacrifices. There's one sacrifice for all. And his name's Jesus, and some of you put him to death. How do you think that was received? Their account was this man is doing what Jesus proclaimed. He's trying to change our customs. Because look at verse number 14. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to you. Jesus spoke about some of these. He spoke about food. He spoke about how some of these customs were going to have to change, and one of those was the custom of food. That now the Jews had the law, and the law said that they were not to eat of unclean food. There were certain foods that were unclean. We see that in Mark 7, verse 15, verse 19. We see it in Matthew 15, verses 17 through 20. Jesus is fighting against this perception that we read in Leviticus 11 and Leviticus 17. Jesus is tearing down the custom of the, what food is right or not right because he's trying to get to their heart for them to realize that it is not about the custom that will make you holy. The sacrifice that was offered, it was about the blood. And they needed to continually keep offering that sacrifice over and over again in order to be restored. Jesus comes and says, I have come to give you life. And that life is life that is full of abundance. That life is no longer continual sacrifices. That life is no longer abstaining from this certain food. This life that I'm offering to you now is full when you look to Jesus. We think of circumcision. Circumcision, the observant of the Sabbath and dietary laws. These are the three main things that we see throughout the New Testament as the proclamation of Jesus goes out to the Jewish people that they wrestle and struggle with. We see circumcision in in the book of Galatians. And Paul even gets in the face of some of the apostles, the other apostles, and says, listen, it's the circumcision of the heart. It's not what you do on the outward. When we look at the observation of the Sabbath, what's, what's the important? Hey, we as the, the nation of Israel, the Jews who are God's chosen people, are going to be distinct from all the other nations because we are going to observe these laws. This is the way that God 
ordained it the way he set it up. But in their blindness of the, the necessity of following these rituals and observations, they lost sight of the God who promised them the Messiah. And so their sight is focused upon Moses, upon the customs that they wanted to continue and felt and, and, and were convicted that this was the way to go. But next week we're going to look at, Stephen makes a strong case to say, God has told you what this is all about. And you are blind. You have missed it. Notice how this section finishes, verse 15. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. It's interesting, as they look for Stephen's response, they see there is something dramatically different. And I think this was physically too. I don't think this was just a spiritual enlightening that you sit back and wonder in amazement. You're like, wow, that person's really got it. The presence of God. I think this is a physical manifestation that became apparent to everybody who was looking at Stephen at that time. It's the presence and the power of God. He was filled with the Spirit. And it was evident to everybody who sat there and looked at him. That's the power and the work of God. God may not choose to make your face look like an angel. But what this does is it clarifies and says, God is with this man and he's a messenger from God. What it does is it sets up for his message. An angel, when an angel came, he, his purpose was to give declaration. He was to speak on God's behalf. And as God's messenger, here is Stephen. And Dr. Luke helps us to see this is a messenger from God ready to deliver the message that God has for the Jews, for the nations, for the world to hear. Some takeaways. Next week, we'll get into that message. The takeaways today. Number one, I believe that we need to look and we need to praise God that he answers prayer. God answers prayer. Don't miss it. Keep praying. Pray that God's power, that his glory would be exalted and that through us, he would, in his choosing, that he would use us to display that just as he used his power in the apostles, they were willing, they were allowing God to speak through them. Are you willing and allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work through you to display God's glory? The second action for us to reflect on, don't, don't, don't lose sight of this. Jesus changes everything all their customs everything that they were they were they in their synagogues and their worship everything was supposed to be this way but Jesus came and he changed it all Jesus 
I pray, has changed your life. And you are not the same person that you once were before him. And we get to give him praise and we get to give an account as we live our lives to allow the truth of God to shine through us. Remember what Jesus said? You will hear the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus changes everything. The third is this. Speak and live with boldness. Stephen lived in a way that he was filled with the Spirit. This wasn't Stephen speaking. Dr. Luke helps us, to, helps us really clearly understand this is not about a physical um, mustering up with all of his might and energy and wisdom. This was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this man for God to get the glory. But it required faith and it required uh, a sight that, that Stephen would keep his focus upon, upon Jesus and upon the message that he was going to proclaim, that God wanted him to proclaim. We need to speak and live with boldness. In order to do that, we have to know the truth. And the truth is found in the word of God and we've got to be in the word of God. We've got to know it and we've got to study it and we've got to know the heart of God. Don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated about what the world thinks of you. Don't be intimidated by what the world thinks about Jesus. We can speak and we can live with boldness. Because just as the Spirit was evident and it was with Stephen, the Spirit lives inside of you and me as his children. And so we can boldly, wisely, confidently, Live and speak the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we've been put here to do. To bring God glory. To enjoy all that he's given us. But we have a message to proclaim. That message is Jesus. And people need to hear that. He, they need to hear it from you. They need to see it in you. They need to see the truth. So that they can be set free. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you that even in these false accusations against Stephen, the truth would be made manifested. Lord, it is my prayer that as we leave today from this place, that we would have an outpouring of your spirit amongst our lives, that we would welcome your presence and your power, and that we would choose by faith to trust in you, to proclaim not our wants, not our opinions, not our thoughts, but that we would proclaim Jesus. Lord, there are times that we feel inadequate. There are times that we feel like we don't have an answer. There are times that we feel like we don't know what to say or how to say it. Lord, as we leave from here, may you guide and direct our lips and our life. May we allow you 
that privilege. May we allow you the presence into our lives that you may speak to us and that we would hear you and in so doing, we would obey you. Lord, give us boldness. I pray that people would see your power and your work in our lives and through our lips. Give us a confidence to know that you are there right with us. And no matter what it may cost us, it is worth it. It is worth to proclaim the God who loves us. Thank you that Jesus changes everything. He changes our life. May we live that way this week. We pray this in the precious name of the Jesus who we believe is the true and only Messiah. Amen. Thank you for being here today. I'll dismiss you row by row. And let me encourage you as you um, seek. I know a lot of you want that fellowship, and that's a great thing. Let me encourage you as you leave today, uh, would you talk in the parking lot? And uh, in so doing, it just gives you a little bit more space and helps people feel a little bit more comfortable. So thanks for being here today. God's blessing upon you. May you have a great week.